Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours talking sports. And thank you for uh, spending some of your time here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We will start at the bottom of the hour talking about Iowa State with our friend Bill Seals from CycloneReport.com. He will recap uh, the press conferences from yesterday. Players, uh, coaches, Haycock all met with the media yesterday. So Bill Hill's in here to recap that. Peek ahead a little bit to uh, the Texas game coming up on Fox? Yeah, I think it's Fox on Saturday, 7 o'clock, primetime, I believe Fox uh, on uh, Saturday night. Let me be accurate and look. It is uh, indeed Fox at 7 o'clock. Yeah, because they went around and they were looking if Big Noon kickoff was going to Oh, go I remember there. that. Yeah. That's right. And Pollard was politicking, I yes. recall. But they ended and why, up in why wouldn't he? College Park. That's where he's the, what's the, what, what game's there? Uh, Michigan's there. That's not bad. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty big story. Yep. I don't know if you've been following I it. Have Apparently you know, there's been something going on with Harbaugh. Hmm. I read it for the first time last night. It, okay. it snuck up on me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that makes sense. So um, we will uh, talk to Bill Seals about Iowa State at the bottom of the hour. Then Mitch Holtis is back with us, Papa John's Central Iowa. They sponsor that. Mitch will opine on the back half of the Chiefs' schedule as they come out of their bye week. And away they go as right now the um, presumptive number one seed again uh, in the AFC. Hour number two, we will start with John Bowenkamp, who writes for the Associated Press, HawkeyeNation.com and IowaCollegeHoops.com, amongst others. We will talk to John about the, uh, get his take on what we saw last night, press conference from yesterday, uh, back to the weekend, and ahead to uh, this coming weekend uh, when Illinois and Luke Altmeyer under center, which is kind of a head-scratcher. And if you're a Hawkeye fan, I think that's good news because Paddock, John Paddock, threw for over five bills last week. I don't care if you're playing air. That's, right. That's impressive. Right. He did it against a team that has scholarship athletes in Indiana. They're not very good, but right. they are scholarship athletes. Yes, they are. And they're going to go back to the turnover machine, Luke Altmeyer. Good. Come on down. Yep, good. Or is this Burt Bielema being coy? Oh, oh does that's he got, sneaky Burt. Uh-huh. Does he got something up his sleeve? Dot, dot, dot. We'll we see. will find out. But as of today, it's supposed to be Luke Altmeyer, who the, was the starter to begin the year. He's back uh, under center for Illinois. Other quarterback news from the state of Illinois, but the big team in Illinois, the Bears, Justin Fields, is back uh, this week. That was announced earlier this morning. Uh, and speaking of uh, Chicago, we will head to Chicago for our final guest of the day. That's when David Kaplan joins us, as he does each and mm, 50 out of the 52 Wednesdays of the year. Uh, we'll talk to Cappy about the Bears, about Craig Council, etc. Coming up here at 12.30 before Trent's plays of the day. Final night of Maction. A little melancholy, but that's where I'll be tonight, I think, on Maction. Watching the curtain come down on another season of that, and away we go. So let's go to Omaha to start mm-hmm. uh, our discussion here this morning. Uh, Creighton won. I think the biggest story, Trent, at least for me, is... I think this Iowa basketball team is going to entertain us this year. And I wasn't sure that was going to be the case in the weeks last months leading up to college basketball. You start with the newbies and start with Ben Krenke. Yeah. Boy, is that jumper pretty, huh? It's so 
It's unfortunate that it's only going to be a one-year right. deal, right? Because I love this kid's game. He is knocking down jumpers, playing, giving up a lot of size mm-hmm. to Kelt Brenner. No, what, I, six nine to seven one. I think their post defense was okay. Yes, Freeman came in there. He yep. didn't look scared. Nope. He pushed him around. They, I thought Patrick McCaffrey at times yes. on defense was good last night. He was active. He had uh-huh. that block shot on a closeout. He was going to have right. a run out, but yep. it was a shot clock violation. Yep. Had a couple other deflections. He was as engaged. This team's not going to be great defensively. But do they have a chance to be at least a little more confident than some of the other teams? It feels like there's more effort on that end of the floor. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? It was last night. Yeah, I they give up 92. Uh-huh. Creighton's great. No, Creighton's a really They're good great. team. They're offensively, very gifted The team. start of that second half was some of the most beautiful yeah. college basketball that you will see. Yeah. And if you're watching the Champions Classic, that was not pretty basketball at times. No, I mean... On the other side, Creighton, yeah. this is a really good basketball You know, speaking spe- I mean, watching Kansas, at least early in the game, till the Iowa game, I watched it up until, until then... Every time Kansas, there was a period of time that the four straight possessions down the floor, they would get, I don't know, not, not, not even to the paint, and they were trying to throw it over the top to Dickinson every single, yeah, yeah. and it didn't work. No, no. It was, which is weird because you're used to Kansas with the Bill Self office just looking so crisp. Mm-hmm. And that Christmas wasn't there. Right. I mean, that. they've had big dudes in the middle of before. They've been I mean, one of the best players in the NBA, <laughs> yeah. for crying out loud. Yeah. And I don't remember them playing that way. No, it was odd. It, it was. was. You're just not used to seeing Kansas play that way. Mm-hmm. I was with you. It it was clunky. It was yes. kind of gross. Yeah. But they found a way later. They did. They? Yep, they did. They won by, what, a handful? They did. Uh, in the game. But back to Iowa, Cricky was terrific. Boy, they dodged a bullet with Peyton Sanford. When he hit the deck, as hard as he hit the deck, I thought, oh, my God, there goes a shoulder for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, and me, as McCaffrey said after the game, he, boy, they hemmed and hawed where they put him back in. Should we just you know, err on the side of caution? But he got in. I don't think he made another basket uh, after, well, maybe after foul trouble from the first half. Yeah. But, um, look, he, he's going to have better nights. Not that he was bad. Perkins was terrific. Uh, Cricky was unbelievable. We both loved Dembale mm-hmm. and, and the future that he's got. Uh, Coming in right away, knocking down a three. Yeah, loved it. Just loved it. Confident, going to the bucket. Mm-hmm. He's got more skill to his game than I thought we were going to mm-hmm. see from him. It's not just an Uber athlete. This is a guy that, that has some basketball skills, yep. has basketball IQ. They hit on four freshmen. Yeah, so far so good. I think so. I think they hit Mm -hmm. on all four freshmen, and the one that's probably the furthest behind, I think, right now... Is Harding, probably, for me. Well, and it'd be Price Sanford for me. Well, that's true, too. You know what? I'll I'll take... uh, I agree with you. It's Price Sanford, especially the first half yesterday. Harding now has 18 assists Uh in 35 minutes played. I still, I'm still leery about there's, the Big Ten. Yeah, right? there's He's, going to be matchups that uh-huh. he they list him at a buck sixty. So yeah. is he, you know, I don't know, one fifty. You wonder, right? Uh, and I'm again. He played eight minutes last night. Didn't make a bucket, but there, there's Three more to though. his game. Yep. yep, there's more to his game than that. He's a facilitator. He's not a great. Mm-hmm. What he say? He's not a great offense. He's not a great shooter. And that was the knock of him back when he was like a sophomore and junior in high school. Mm-hmm. He got a little bit better his senior year, but he's not a great shooter from the outside. And because of his size, he's not going to be great getting to the rim in the Big Ten and doing those kind of things. But as a facilitator, boy, he's good. Yeah, no, He knows how to get is. the guys in the spot. Especially Freeman. Him and Freeman got some chemistry, don't they? And they run out, the four freshmen together, along with Josh Dix, who, I mean, played last year, but he's was a, limited. For all intents and purposes, yeah. as a freshman. Didn't have a true freshman no. season. And that team, yeah, the when they got down 17, who came roaring back and made it a game again? It was that freshman yep, group. Yep. When Sanford got, 
Yeah, yes. They're fearless. Got that second foul in the first half, and that second group came in. Mm-hmm. They kept them right there with a really good Creighton team. Mm-hmm. I did not anticipate this. I thought this team was really going to struggle this year. I am blown away. Is it good enough to be an NCAA tournament Maybe. I, look, what they have in front of them, when they go to San Diego, you have to get at minimum one win. Maybe two. And, and who's in their path? So it's, it's just a four-teamer. So they have Oklahoma in the first one. Uh, Ken Pomeroy has that as basically a toss-up. Okay. It's a one-point spread, I think it is. And then USC's on the other end, who's not playing well. They got beat by UC Irvine last night. Oof. Yeah. And I can't remember who USC plays in the first round. But at minimum, get one. Maybe two wins there. And it's going to be against decent competition mm-hmm. at minimum. Yep. You have the Purdue matchup on the road. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, good luck. Yeah, it's probably not going to go well. Right. The game at Hilton's going to be a bear. Yep. And then you get Michigan, who's playing a lot better as soon as they got rid of Juwan's kid. Yeah. <laughs> that helped. Right. And, and he's going to be off for a while, right? Well, he's off in the NBA. Oh, I, th- I thought one, there's another one there, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's hurt. Yeah. But they played really well against St. John's the other night. They're, mm-hmm. they're playing much better. Addition by subtraction, I think it's fair okay. to say, not having the coach's kid there. Yeah. His usage rate was like 35%, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting that guy out of there and, yeah. and having a full team. But you have to get that win. It's at home. You're probably looking at two yeah. straight losses. You have to get that win before you finish up non-conference. So, and then when you get to conference, did you see any of the Michigan State game last night against yeah. Duke? Yeah, quite a bit of it. Uh, I saw most of the second half uh, after I got home from here and took Jet for uh, his walk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. They're an Izzo team. They're fine. Yes, they're fine. Wisconsin has been a disappointment. Awful. Yep. Absolutely brutal yep. out of out of what we saw from them. I, I just think overall, this Big Ten's not very good. It's deep. Everybody's okay for the most part. But I didn't think I was okay, Trent. I, I thought that this was a team that's going to play on the opening night yes. of the Big Ten tournament. They, they, they get the 11 think, 14 matchup right. against Penn State. Sure. That's what you're going to get. Uh huh. I don't think that's the case. I think they're better than that. 20 games. If I put the over under at conference wins at nine and a half, that's you take the number the over. I was going to put it at. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And I'd probably take the over right now. I think they're a 10 and 10 team at minimum. From what we've seen so far, and I watched them Friday night and I watched them last night, I did not see. I mean, what, uh, there was one game on Big Ten Plus, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I don't have BTN Plus. Uh, but so far, so good. And I've exceeded my expectations, which admittedly were low to begin with. But away we go. And I guess Sanford's okay, right? Yeah. And came back in and looked okay. Got hacked on the final play. Is now did he? Because I, it's really hard to it see. Is. So I saw like the zoomed in video, but it's pretty grainy. It's grainy, yeah. right? It's really because they didn't show a replay. I think what we're they watching, they, they were a triple double watch for the last twelve minutes of the game. Yeah. God forbid that they yeah. show a replay. Yeah, fair. Good God, it's it's really hard. I mean, the shot was awful. Yeah, you have to think something happened. something happened because he's better than that. But now was it him sticking his foot out maybe. and they didn't make the call because of that? Maybe that would be. But he said he got hacked on the arm. I don't know if Peyton Sanford has missed a shot both that three poorly. feet short and four feet to the left. Yeah, no. Since he was in like third grade? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and probably not even uh-huh. then. I just, to think that he missed a shot that badly and wasn't hit. I can't buy it. Yeah. But it's hard and to Courtney see. Courtney Green was right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not going to do any favors. He's not going to be in Carver this year. I will guarantee you that. Which is good for, for, all, for all concern. Fair, yeah. to, fair to say. Yeah, it's hard to see. It's really, really grainy. And um, um, is it 55 that's going over there to be, get, gets him in the beginning? Or is it the second guy? Yep. 
There's nothing that, uh, again, because of the poor quality and the fact that we didn't get to see a replay. And I don't think it was the guy that flew by him. I think it was the other guy. Uh, somebody said that that got okay. him on the arm. Okay. And that's, but, but regardless, look, Iowa, you came out of the second half, you got ran out of the building. That's, where, that's the difference in the ballgame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. And they looked lethargic. And Creighton was also hitting everything. Mm-hmm. Alexander in particular, who's unbelievable. Cameron was good, too. Yeah, well, and, and the big backup center had the... King? Yeah, continuation yeah. plus one. Yeah. That, that there's no continuation. I don't know if you knew right. that yeah. in college basketball. No, that but, was a terrible call. Yeah. That was, was that on Pat- Yeah, missed. that was on Patrick, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And he was under the he basket. Was just well, there's no rule. This isn't even a rule. <laughs> Put his arms, his palms to the ceiling, and yeah. this isn't a rule. Baffled. Right, yeah. That's yeah. Gordy Green for you. He's yeah. bad. No, he and, and, and guess what? I was not the only fan base that knows that Corey Green is a terrible mm-hmm. official. I think Ohio State, Indiana, and there's one Penn State. I think are the there's four <laughs> groups of Big Ten fans that all hate him. You know, I think I would if if I had my druthers, I would rather have him call a game than the high stepper because all I do is watch him. <laughs> you can't stop. I can't take. I can't stop watching him. <laughs> he, he's high stepping down the floor, and it's and he's back again this year. Yes. What's his name? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember yeah. either, but um, if you watch college basketball, you know who we mean. It's just, it's so, just watching him run. Nobody runs like that. Uh, but anyway, so we will move on. So Deshaun Watson is out for the year yeah. for the NFL fans in the audience. Uh, that's a blow. Um it's going to be the uh, DTR from from uh, UCLA mm-hmm. is going to get the call by the sounds of things. That unbelievably difficult division that Cleveland is right in the hunt. Well, everybody is uh, with uh, in, in that division. That's a blow. Fields is going to come back. Is this? Could we say that this is a? How many weeks are left? This is week eleven coming up. A seven week audition for Justin Fields. Because Carolina is going to draft first, and oh, by the way, the Bears own that pick. Mm-hmm. It has to be. I think it does too. Bajan was okay. Yes, I agree. Was certainly better than anybody could he imagine. Went to an Shepherd, un- yeah, an undrafted guy from a D two school. He he's better than you could ever hope for. However, there's there's a certain amount of upside that you can get to. Justin Fields, you have to know. Mm-hmm. You have to see yep. if there is anything there. So this is his job, and if there are no injuries, even with poor. Say he goes out this week and is terrible, and it very well could happen against mm-hmm. the Lions. And he's, you know, six of twelve for fifty-eight yards and runs for another seventy-five. You got to keep going with yeah, him. Absolutely, you just you have to run this thing into the ground for yep. the final seven weeks. What it's have as you got? As that. Yep. Is he progressing? Yep. Do we have a difficult decision to make or not? Which I think they're going to have regardless if he's progressing or not. So. Um, We'll see, but the seven-week audition seems like that's the way we're headed for you Bears fans out there, and you've got two really high picks in all likelihood. Though the Bears are playing better, uh, you can't say the same about uh, Carolina because they just uh, they made a mistake. C.J. Stroud, they're going to um, rue the day that that's the that's the direction that they want because. They went because it seems like Stroud is head and shoulders above Young at this point. Now, I did see a... It was up on Thursday Night Football last week. It was a Chiron talking about the recent quarterbacks that have developed incredibly well. Guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. And what they were, and their numbers are very similar to what we've seen from Young at this point in their young career. Maybe maybe there's hope. Yeah. But he looked lost on Thursday, Trent. He looked like a deer in the headlights. His offensive line stinks. All right. And I'm very concerned that we're looking at... But Burrow's line stunk too back then. Right. And his numbers were Mm -hmm. just like Young's. 
And then by year two is when it flipped on. It, that offensive line so bad. I'm very concerned about a David Carr situation. Ugh. When he went to the Just Texans, getting killed. He he got he was ruined. Yeah, he was. He was absolutely ruined. Mm-hmm. Seeing ghosts, all those things. That was a big thing there. And when you put a young quarterback behind a bad line with really no weapons, it can go bad in a hurry. Carolina's got to figure out a way to very quickly change that around, or it's going to be a lost number one pick. Uh, Keith, welcome to Miller and Condon. Keith, where would you like to go? Hey, I uh, want to talk about my. I want to talk about my Brewers. Uh, I don't your, know how many Brewers, Brewers all right. There are. I know Jamie Pollard's a Brewers fan. I don't all know right. out there, but I'm excited about the uh, the announcement of Pat Murphy as uh, the new manager. Uh, I know he's been there a while with mm-hmm. great counsel. Uh, I know his he, he won a lot when he was college coach at Notre Dame, and then went to Arizona State and and won big there. Um, his personality is what I'm excited about. I know he's a real kind of an outgoing energizer personable but intense manager and i know council is very very laid back yeah uh so it'll be a change i believe although i'm sure he's had an impact with the brewers while he's been there and my question will be i'd be very interested next year who misses who more does does craig council now without murphy does he miss him more Mm. or um or do uh or do the brewers miss council but i think they'll miss brandon woodruff more to be honest (laughs) yeah Well, you know, to your point there, Ken, I mean, obviously maybe baseball is more player-driven than manager-driven, and yeah. obviously the Cubs have a lot higher payroll than the Brewers have. Yeah. But uh, after being down last week, I'm excited. I think Pat Murphy's a logical choice, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very interested what happens next year. So go Brewers. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate you listening, and you can talk baseball. Call in anytime as we love the game. Yes, we do. All right, so there's no odds out yet for divisions. It's too early. we got free but agency. But there are World Series. There are odds. World Series, yeah. You can find World Series odds out there, but nothing as it pertains to the vision. If we're opening up the Condon Miller Casino, mm-hmm. and we got to put odds up right now on the fly. Oh, because the Cardinals haven't done their work right. yet, though. And, and But we got to get it out there. Our, our bosses are saying, all right, bookmakers, we got to put it out right now. Okay. Your betting favorite is? Oh, it's the... Mm, it's mm, the Cubs? Yeah, by an inch. So by, let's by make the Cubs... Plus two hundred. Okay, two to one. Yeah, and then the Brewers right plus behind two forty. Yeah, something like that. Then the Cardinals at plus two fifty. Yeah, because you know what, you just anticipate that they're yes. going to. I mean, they're all they're all over in Nola, all yeah. over mm-hmm. Nola. They're going to get two, possibly three starting pitchers, and they need them. They believe that it's too important for their TV rights, mm-hmm. their radio rights, yep. that they cannot afford a rebuild, that they cannot tank. Mm-hmm. And rebuild like a lot of other organizations. Yep. And we can argue the merits, but that's the belief of their organization, their front office, of what they have to do. They're going to spend. Yep. Now, I will be interested to see across baseball this year. Already heard the Minnesota Twins are slashing payroll $25 million. No, come on. Because of Bally. Well, I read it. There's a piece in The Athletic on the, on the TV rights, uh, what they plan on doing. I read it last night at The Athletic. Cleveland, same but, thing. But to your point, they don't know where they're going. Right. They don't know what their rights are going mm-hmm. to be. And because of that, they know that there is going to be some kind of step back across baseball. Now, they're, not everybody is owned by Bally's or their rights are owned by Bally's, but there are many of them, mm-hmm. about half the league. If that leads to colluding again. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Because if half your league is yeah. not able to spend at the same level, mm-hmm. you think those owner but meetings? You, but that, but which are going on as we speak, literally. Mm-hmm. Um but you know what? It, it, it'd be hard not to kind of see their side in this, right? Because yeah. they, they've got the proof. I 
So when that happened with the Twins, I think a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, when they announced that, and I had it in the notes, but we never even got to it just because, what are you going to do? Yes, the poll ads have more money than God, and they can mm-hmm. spend if they really wanted to, and they could make the payroll $200 million mm-hmm. easily if they wanted, but they run it as a business. They run it yep. as a bottom line business. And yep. when you go from making nearly $60 million a year, and the anticipation is that number's probably going to be, if mm. they don't get the money from Bally and have to kind of go individually, $25 million a year, that's significant. Yes, it is. And all of a sudden, all right, Sonny Gray, he's going to depart as a free agent. They gave him the qualifying offer. He's going to be good. They're not going to be able to bring back a, a Michael A. Taylor. Mm-hmm. It stinks because you have a window, but it's also reality. And, and the it's the reality not don't own everything around Target Field. Right, yeah. Like the Ricketts Like do. the Ricketts. And the Ricketts have their own TV Marquee, network. correct. That, that bled money, hemorrhaged money. I mean, they, they launched their television network oh. in the pandemic. Yeah, that's tough. Timing's everything, right? And it was mm-hmm. awful. So that's why they tightened their belt, but it sounds like they're getting ready to spend. And if if walking around Wrigleyville was any indicator last week, I mean, they own everything. They do. Did you go to the DraftKings Sportsbook with yes, Palm? Yes, yeah. He was blown away. It was incredible. They did an incredible job with it. The, the curved screen. And this screen. is a guy from Circa. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's a small down, you know, a scale down version of Circa with the big TV yeah. when you walk in there. But it's like a horseshoe is how their TVs are set up. It wraps okay. around. Yeah. And the wraparound screen, and literally one of the screen wraps, you think, well, that's going to look, that's going to be hard to watch. No. It, they did an incredible mm-hmm. job. If you're in Wrigley this year, definitely worth a stop. Really, really cool. I thought they did a great job. In fact, we went there then Saturday night and watched the, uh, oh, the late you? games. Yeah. So when, so, so when uh, after the Northwestern game's over and, yep. and Wrigley's emptying out, did DraftKings, was that a go-to place for everybody or a lot of people? Well, we didn't get there. We went to Murphy's right after the game. So okay. we stopped there, had a couple, uh, watched the beginning of the Iowa State game, and then we started to trickle way back over to DraftKings. And, oh yeah, we ended up one other place. It was, <laughs> it was a fun night. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had a good time. But draft, yeah, that... DraftKings Sportsbook. And so hit, where? Because I never saw it. It's on right field, up right field. You know the old Captain Morgan Club? Yeah. That's where it is. Oh. Yeah. It's attached. It's part of yes, Wrigley yes, Field. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. And if you're walking up from where you take your picture in front of the Wrigley mm-hmm, sign mm-hmm. and you go the right field way, it is right before you turn the corner and go to the right field bleachers. right by the damn you thing. You probably did. Yeah, the signage is not huge. It's not gaudy or anything like that. You do also wonder with it being a historic building, oh, you sure. know, how much they could do Good. to make it that, yes. Minimize it. But you walk in, there's an upper level. We got to go up there in the VIP area. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, thank you to Wild Rose for right. uh, hooking Rick us up Wilson with that. Rick made that connection yep. for you guys. That was really cool and uh, hanging out with Rick for a while. But yeah, I was blown up because you hear a sports book in a stadium and like, well, what's this? There's, there's a bunch of them have them. It was really good. That's they cool. did a great job. I'm, I'll have to make sure I mm-hmm. find it next time. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'd love to find you a $1,000. How about that? Let's go to KXNO.com right now. You can claim some of this NIL money. Uh, insert the keyword win at KXNO.com. Win at KXNO.com. It's your chance to win $1,000. Win at KXNO.com. We've got a bunch of winners in this building. We had one last week. Mm-hmm. There's been two this week already, not on KXNO, both on WHO, I think. Let's catch back up to WHO right, right now. Win at KXNO.com, your chance to win $1,000. Your cho- chance to hear Bill Seals. Uh, that's next. We will talk Iowa State with the publisher of CycloneReport.com. Bill joins us when we come back. It's Miller and Condon, 1125 on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Additional terms apply. 
right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, BillSealCycloneReport.com momentarily. Trent, real quick, I meant to bring it up in our first segment mm-hmm. um, of the program. College football playoff rankings unveiled again last night uh, between games. You know, something we haven't discussed is, is, is why is Florida State above Washington? I, there is nothing in their resume that says that they should. The conference strength is not even close. Washington has a way better win. They beat Oregon. They beat Oregon. Number six. And Florida State does not have a top 25 I don't win. I think they do. Their best win is, well, Clemson's six and four. Right. They have the LSU win. That would be it. They have three losses. I don't get it either. I, I don't understand. You, yeah. And one more hypothetical for you. Uh oh. Because here, here's how I see it. It, it. It's, it's. I mean, Alabama has to be Georgia. Yes. But if they do, mm-hmm. does a, a win over the number one team in the country mm-hmm. in the SEC championship trump a head-to-head in week two? No. I think it does. I bet the committee does. Well, yeah, that's a different conversation. I bet I bet they do. Then Don't you? why do we play the game? No, I, I, I understand. Yep. But beating Georgia in the SEC championship would be more impactful to the playoff committee than Then the two. two teams playing each other. Yeah, they did. And, and Texas blew them out. Now, Milrow was awful early in the year, and he's better now. They still played the game. They played each other, but I bet you Alabama jumps them. We'll see. Uh, Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com. He had a busy day yesterday, all the press conferences, uh, and he joins us to catch up. Hello, Bill. Trenton, Ken, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. Good morning. Thanks good. for having me. No, we appreciate uh, what you do for us, Bill. Uh, great, Good to talk to you, as always. So, bowl eligibility has come. Let's go back before we go forward. Um, I mean, clearly, right? The Cyclones' most complete game of the year started well. Uh, BYU climbed back in at, what, 10-7. And then uh, seemingly after that, maybe the uh, the start of the second half made uh, sphincters a little bit tight among some of the fan base. But not for very long as they just pulled away uh, and won. Was that their most complete game, Bill? Is that the best you've seen them play this year? Well, certainly, yeah. You you look at offensively in that game, uh, forty five points. They do. Uh, this is all was already one of the country's best red zone offenses, and they really poured it on, uh, especially putting seven on the board. They're going to need to do that again, I think, this weekend against Texas. But uh, certainly, uh, yeah, putting getting it in the end zone. They they go on the big run after it was ten seven in that game, and and balance. Too. Uh, over 200 yards rushing and passing in that game. And then certainly, I, I think a good sign going to being able to go on the road and, and do something like that against a team that had been playing so well at home under the lights. That stat was thrown out there a lot last week, but Iowa State uh, dispatched to BYU pretty handily in that one. Bill, we've seen this offense certainly evolve and change throughout the course of the year from what we saw in September to what we see now is. It's just completely different. Is there a single piece that you can point to? What kind of led to this evolution? Shieldhouse maybe becoming more comfortable as a play caller. What you've seen out of this offense that has opened it up and certainly made them, at minimum, a pretty good offense? Well, certainly, I think Nate Shieldhouse has has really settled in uh, and, and... 
you had to take, what, two, three games in, kind of took the reins off a little bit with Rocco, turned him loose. Granted, at that point of the season, they weren't really running the ball that well. It was more by necessity, but now he's getting some good balance. And, and when you can do that, when you can establish the run and, and set up the pass, I think it certainly opens things up a lot for a coordinator like Shieldhouse. And Iowa State really winning on that they talk coach Campbell talks a lot about you know winning on first down uh setting yourself up for second third and short and I think they did that really well and then running the ball certainly you're going to put yourself ahead of the chains instead of behind and then that you know that really opens up the playbook as far as what uh Nate could call and I think as far as the evolution of this offense I think running the ball certainly yeah. uh the young running back group coming into this season, you're starting to see those guys get comfortable out there. They've, they've also kind of developed some chemistry with that offensive line as well. They, you know, they come into this season and, and none of those guys had really worked with extensively worked with those offensive linemen before, but they're really settling in in Abu Sama. You talk about that uh, stable of running backs and aims right now. He looks Jeez. the most. Brees Hall from what we saw. And, and I think it bore out a little bit in those PFF rankings as well that I published on Sunday. They, they gave a lot of credit. The three top-graded offensive players for the Cyclones in that game were the three running backs. Hmm. And I think spoke volumes, those guys making a lot. And, you know, necessarily sometimes there might not be a hole there, but as we saw with Brees Hall, as we saw with David Montgomery, those guys could make something out of nothing. No, you're 100% right. We saw that with Sama. Poor 33. I mean, he got embarrassed when, when Sama broke his ankles. It's going to be fascinating, Bill, uh, to see how that running back room shakes out because sophomore, sophomore, freshman, freshman, freshman. In Hanson and Harrison. Harris never plays, and I really like Hanson. I think they've got something there. I think it was a couple of weeks ago Chris Williams alluded to maybe there's a position switch next year in his future. But Norton, Sanders, and Sam, if they all stay, these are three very competent running backs. At least it looks like that to me. I'll be fascinating to see how this shape. I guess it's a good problem to have, Bill. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly will be fascinating, Kenny. I think that you know, what Campbell's tendency has been in his tenure in Ames is kind of to find that bell cow running back. He did that yeah. relatively early with David Montgomery. You know, Brees, I think it was about game five game six that first season that he kind of broke out but I don't think those rosters really had the depth that running back that this one has you've got uh, guys that are performing at a high level right now Eli, certainly uh, Abu Sama and Eli Sanders those two I think Norton well he he has kind of had his deal with the injuries but those are three talented players right there and then Carson Hansen gosh uh, a lot of athleticism with him as well. You mentioned the position change. I could certainly uh, see something like that happen. You've got a, such a, a talented young player like that. You want to get him on the field. And and uh, there was a lot of talk position-wise with him uh, when he signed with the Cyclones. Sure. But they wanted to give him a shot to play running back. He's gotten the shot. But, gosh, uh, he's the type of player that can really help you at safety where uh, Iowa State uh, – it has been really good back there as well, and plugging him in, gosh, that would uh, that would be amazing. I think for uh, for the production there. Speaking of amazing, the career is coming to a close for TJ Tampa. He'll trot mm-hmm. out 
for the final time in a Cyclone uniform at Jack Trice on Saturday night. A guy that came in as a wide receiver, one of the more decorated recruits that Iowa State's had. You look at his offer list, it was incredibly impressive. And that conversation, taking a guy as a really good basketball player, hey, you're not going to play wide receiver anymore, moving him over. Coach Campbell talked a little bit about that yesterday. What a career and uh, what a great stroke of genius moving him over to the other side mm. of the football. Yeah, it really has been. And Iowa State's had a nice track record of doing that, too. They've got a few players on defense that played more so on offense in high school. John Tez Williams, another one quickly that comes to mind at uh, that corner now. But, yeah, Tampa – it's kind of an interesting story early in the season as well on, on Tampa when, when Coach Campbell was asked about him, the kind of the recruiting process there. It was almost a career that never happened in, a, in the Cardinal and Gold because Georgia came in on him late. I remember uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and, and he uh, they didn't get his signature right away and really kind of beginning to wonder what was going to happen there, but he did end up sticking with the commitment to become a cyclone, and then as they say, the rest is history. They got to Ames, made the the pretty quick position change, and actually he's got the prototypical size that uh, to play in the NFL at cornerback. And he's going to get you're going to. I think there's going to be a lot of scouts in Ames this weekend too. You look <laughs> yeah, at that EJ Tampa versus uh, Xavier Worthy matchup Oof. is going. One to watch, uh, no doubt. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Bill, is there a database? And, and if there is, I'm guessing Rivals would be the place to look. Um, th- this this whole COVID extra year thing, and, I, and I'm so glad they got it. Uh, don't get me wrong where I'm going here. But it, it used to be so easy. Well, you got five to play for. <laughs> and we would know yeah. when somebody's, this is it for so-and-so, and no, they got another year left. Uh, we know that Tampa's gone. We know that Nickel's gone. We know that Porter's gone. We know that Vaughn is gone on defense. And then I'm kind of, um, you know, in, in a spot where who else has a decision to make that could conceivably come back? Is there any database like that for college football, not just for Iowa State, but for college football in general? Do you know? I don't think I don't think so. <laughs> I think the, the the rule of thumb that I've kind of gone with is is uh, if that player was in college in 2020, basically they get a free year mm. beyond what uh, what they would get. You mentioned the the five to play four. Uh, you did mention Porter. I do think he's got an extra year. Out. Does he? Okay, he okay. will have a decision to make, and certainly with TJ Tampa moving on. Um, we, we've seen Porter when, when one of those top yep. guys, uh, I'm referring to purchase as well, when one of those guys that needed a breather or, or uh, been hurt, uh, it, it's been Porter that's gotten some extra snaps. So certainly a decision to make there for Darian. I'm sure they would love to have him back. And another guy who switched from offense to defense. Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Wide receiver. He's been a special teams ace as well. Uh-huh. So uh, he's got a decision to make, though. And you, you look up and down that roster. Yes, you mentioned uh, um, defensively, Gary Vaughn. He he is uh, in his sixth year. He'll be he'll be moving out. Tampa. He's going to declare, no doubt. I do think he's got an extra. I think year. he does too. Yeah. But he won't. And then, then again, Will McDonald had an extra year too, but he he wasn't going to use it. So, uh, yeah, some decisions to make for a few of those guys. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Porter comes back for another year. Bill, uh, have you got out your abacus and figured out all the (laughs) scenarios for the Big 12 tiebreakers? I I have not, but uh, it... uh, (laughs) 
I, I think uh, we'll get a little bit better idea maybe this weekend than if we can have the you know more serious discussions on that Iowa State gets by Kansas. They could certainly I think go on the road and and uh, contend with Kansas State. But uh, as Campbell will say, first things first. That's going out beating a team. You guys mentioned the CFP rankings. Uh, Texas number seven in that uh, with some pretty high aspirations as well coming in. And, you know, this is a Texas team, too, not to get too far off base here, but it seems like in past years Iowa State hasn't really gotten Texas's best effort in this game for one reason or another, maybe a big game the week before or a big game the week after. But I think this year it's going to be 100% focused for Texas with everything that's still out there for them. Going to be a hell of a game, absolutely. Bill, what do you got coming up this week at CycloneReport.com? Well, it's been it's been kind of nice. We had those three basketball games in, in uh, what, seven days to get the season started. And uh, they've got a full week off here. So it's kind of been nice to get back, focus uh, a whole lot on, on football and, and uh, getting some recruiting content out there as well for the subscribers. So, but, uh, you know, it would be a lot of uh, coverage, though, ahead of that te- Texas game coming up and some uh, recruiting. I just put a, a, a a story up here about 15 minutes ago on a on a recruit that visited recently so it's uh it's always busy and then grambling state though for basketball sunday so uh, mm. some game coverage on that and then uh, uh what three games and four days for the basketball team next week in uh florida that'll be really interesting to see after uh four kind of what four slappies to get the yeah. season started they'll they'll have some good competition i think down there in florida and and uh Masterful job, though, I think, by TJ yep. to get this made this year with this roster. No, it's been unbelievable. Uh, Bill, if we don't talk to you next week, it's a short week for us. We'll talk to you the week after that. But uh, So happy Thanksgiving to you and yours if we don't speak. Uh, but we appreciate what you do for us. Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com. All right, from the college game to the pro game, Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's back with us. Papa John sponsors Mitch. He'll join us when we come back again. The keyword this hour was, what's the date today? Uh, Wednesday. It's it's win. It's win at KXNO.com. Win, KXNO.com. 11.45, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.0. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Morning Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Papa John, Central Iowa. Uh, they sponsor this weekly conversation during the season through the playoffs. Well, it's starting in August, to be honest, a daily basis mm-hmm. uh, in the month of August. He's Mitch Holtz, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back, Mitch Holtz. How was your bye week? Well, it was okay. Did Trent put together the bump music because it's dust in the wind from Kansas, right? Indeed it is. Worked. You caught it. Good job. Yeah. You know how some movie scenes, though, can either, like, like some actors cannot be any other uh, yes. actor. But when you – I'm thinking of Will Ferrell in Old School and Dust in the Wind, right? You know, that just that changed my whole image of that song. And I know the guys from Kansas are awesome. Um, in fact, I've worked with them on some Home on the Range projects, but – that and when you have sounds of silence when Will Ferrell goes into the pool, it's you know it's it's just ruined those songs for me. But anyway, nothing. Bye week was fine. It's actually a bye weekend. The week was pretty much filled up. There was a big high V function down here. I was a part of, and then uh, Patrick had his big gallop. Oh, I saw the pictures. Yep. 
It was huge. It's it's an it's an awesome uh, philanthropy. But so I got the weekend, and here we are. So let's go back to the Germany experience. Uh, what, what what was that mm-hmm. like? Uh, you guys got there late, so you didn't get a lot of time over there. Yeah. Uh, the game was fun. Um, the ending, if you're a Dolphins fan, just got to yikes. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, what was Germany like, Mitch? It was a whirlwind. It was crazy and awesome and fast and furious and left at uh, 1,900 hours on Thursday, got back at 300 hours on Monday and packed all that in the middle. You're going to see some stuff come out, though, as soon as tomorrow. They actually had a camera follow me around Saturday. I talked about my German heritage. We met a bunch of German people that are Chiefs fans coming from everywhere. Stuttgart, uh, nice. let's see, Baden-Baden, Wiesbaden, um, Hamburg. Uh, all Garmisch Partenkirchen. Uh, I think that was another one. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Prost. Um, anyway, it was quick and fast and awesome. I had schnitzel both Friday and Saturday nights. It was terrific. Um I don't drink a lot of beer, but I had some beer. I don't like dark beer. It was a lighter German wheat beer, and the Doss, our waitress at the 100-year-old restaurant, put it down. Nice. She goes, sweet nectar, touchdown, Kansas City. Some Chiefs fans <laughs> nice. had put her up to it. It was good. It was good, Ken. I'll go back when I've got some more time. That is awesome. Sound like a great experience in ultimately getting the victory, the most important part. So you have the bye week, an extra day with the Monday night football game here. And here we go. Us. And it's the Eagles. And it's the brotherly connection between the Kelseys. And it's the brotherly shove or the tush push that has been a big conversation piece. Is that something that the defensive staff has to work on? Something that, I mean, do you have to scheme and game plan differently just because this has been something seemingly impossible to stop from Philadelphia? Well, we got a lot going on with this game because we've got, of course, have Kelsey and Swift. The mm-hmm. Eagles also have Kelsey and Swift because they have Jason Kelsey yeah. and DeAndre Swift, right. the running back. If Andy Reid wins this game, it'll be 125 wins as the Chiefs head coach. He'll be the only coach in NFL history to be the winningest coach for two different franchises. Oh, it's the Chiefs and the Eagles, and he'll beat the Eagles to do it, just like he did to get his 100th victory the only coach in NFL history to have 100 wins with two different franchises, and on October 3rd, 2021, he beat the Eagles to do that. So Ted Lasso scriptwriters can't write it up. Honestly, Trent, it's an awesome question, the tush-push, brotherly shove, but the key is not to get him in that spot. Mm. There is no team that's more efficient offensively right now in the league than the Philadelphia Eagles, but that means they're very systematic. Uh, they score on 48.4% of their possessions, mainly because they chunk first down, chunk second down. They'll be in four-down mode almost every time they have the ball because they know they get the tush push. The key is not getting them in a down and distance where the tush push is even a factor. That's the key for the Chiefs and anybody that plays the Eagles. Uh, they're just a team that works that way. Uh, and a team that has to almost stay on script. If they stay on script, they're hard to beat. How are they different from the team that the Chiefs played in the Super Bowl, Mitch? Obviously different coordinators, uh, but how are they different? Yeah, Swift. Remember, they made the trade yep. for him with Detroit. Yep. With the Lions. I think that gives them a little more of an explosive element in the run game, although Gainwell's not bad. Uh, I think A.J. Brown might be a little better than he was. I mean, he's put up some eye-popping numbers. He's right behind Tyree Kill in the stats and could be the first. He might beat Hill and be in the first 2,000 receiver in the league. So I think Brown's better. Defensively, they're not as good in the secondary. If you study them, they're giving up some chunk stuff in the secondary. They're not very good in the red zone. They're 26th in the league in red zone defense. Offensively, they're good up there. But I would say very similar, 
they did make a few uh, changes in the offensive line, some of that by injury, but about the same team. It's just they're like the Chiefs. They're plus in some areas from a year ago in Super Bowl 57, and they're minus in some others. But these are the two winningest teams in each conference here not 10 weeks into the season, and the same two teams have played in the Super Bowl. With the bye week, what was maybe one aspect that they really worked on, trying to hone in on? We know the defense is playing at a high level. There's been certainly hiccups offensively. Is there anything specifically they were working on during the bye week? Follow me here on the math, because this is where if you're a Chiefs fan, you're 7-2 and two and still you have 60 penalties accepted. That's tied for the most in the league. 13 of those on offense are holding penalties. Well, those are 10-yard penalties. That's 130 yards. The Chiefs have 500 yards and penalties accepted against them. That's the equivalent trend of 35 points. Then you look at the drops. They have 18 drops. That's tied for the most in the league. The average completion is right around eight or nine yards. So do the math there. You're leaving it. You left another seven to 10 points on the board, maybe 14 because you dropped the ball. It's a matter of tightening things up uh, and being more precise. And working on just little things, it's not necessarily strategic as like, oh, we need to call a brand new play here. It's a matter of being more precise and consistent in the 50th play of the game as you were on the opening play of the game. It was a surgical strike against the Dolphins to start the game. Seven guys touched it, seven plays, touchdown, touchdown. To start the second half, oh, holding call, now it's second and 12. Oh, hold on a return, um, McCole Hardman fields the ball at the two, Field position as well. Chiefs have had lousy field position. It's really kind of a minor miracle. They're 7-2 and two when you look at some of the stats. But those are all things that went under the microscope and all things that are trying to correct. Well, you mentioned follow me. Uh, I would follow you to Johnson to the headquarters of the Donaldsons mm-hmm. and Pop because you know, they're, you know they're coming up with something behind the, uh, oh, behind yeah. the walls. What's going on? Did I see Shaq though, go in there on a helicopter? Well, you might have. I wouldn't say be at surprised. And they have this new Twix, like, dessert that they've got. Uh, I haven't really talked about that yet, but that seemingly came out of the uh, lab of the R&D. And you're not going to get in there, Ken. You know that. You can only get up to the fence, and then you'll see the sniper tower, and you're like, ooh, I better back off. So I'll just order it at papajohns.com. But they have this Twix dessert creation that's cool, and then the shakaroni. Go get it. Uh, this Monday night game will be epic. Yep, uh, These are two great teams that are colliding. Indeed they are, Mitch Holtis. Thanks for doing this. Welcome back. We'll talk with you next Wednesday. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ken. Plus five points. You need to meet Taylor Swift's song right now. Bye. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. It's the Boys Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.